We really have to get terrorism off the brain. Hi, this is Phil Gursky, President and CEO of Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting in Russell, Ontario, Canada. You're listening to Quick Hits, short podcasts about all matters related to national security and public safety. Okay, 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 okay. You're going to get sick of hearing this, but I got to weigh in on this one more time. It's this notion about the use of the term terrorism to describe an act of violence in society in ways that, shall we say, at least from my humble perspective, are not helpful. Now, I just published an op-ed piece in the Ottawa Citizen last week talking about this. I'll share this at the end of the podcast. But what has got me thinking about this yet again is the case in Michigan. Of course, this was a mass shooting at a high school just north of Detroit, where a 15-year-old has been accused of murdering four students and with a gun that was purchased for him by his parents. Note, he's 15 years old and his parents bought him a gun. And the parents have been charged with involuntary manslaughter, which I find fascinating. But the real intent here is that the Young man, his name is Ethan Crumbly, he's a sophomore, has been charged with 24 felony accounts, including four counts of first-degree murder, seven counts of assault with intent to murder, and one count of terrorism. Now, this is a little bit weird, and a lot of people have commented on this, because normally mass shootings, like we see in schools, predominantly United States, but not exclusively there, we've had them here in Canada as well, are not, in fact, labeled terrorism. But here's what the Michigan government has to say about that. Crumbly is accused of intending to intimidate or coerce the high school community and, quote, what about all the children who ran, screaming, hiding under desks? What about all the children at home right now who can't eat and can't sleep and can't imagine a world where they could ever step foot back in that school? Those are victims, too. And so are their families, and so is this community. The charge of terrorism reflects that. Um, No, it doesn't. In any jurisdiction with which I am familiar, and I'm familiar with a lot of them, terrorism is a serious act of violence which is carried out or planned by somebody for an underlying ideological, political, or religious rationale, cause, vendetta, whatever. I have yet to see a school shooting in which terrorism or the perpetrators actually did so for any of those reasons. They did so for all kinds of reasons. Think of the Columbine shootings in the 1990s. Did they do it to scare Ellers? Absolutely. Probably scared them shitless. But it wasn't for ideological reasons. It wasn't for religious reasons. And it doesn't seem to be for political reasons. Now, I'm going to cut Michigan state authorities some slack here. There may be something there that I'm not seeing or has not been disclosed yet. There may have been some kind of manifesto that this young man left. Although I want to stress, just because you wrote a manifesto doesn't mean you have any clear ideological, political, or religious reasons for doing what you did. And there's also a piece I'm going to link to by a friend of mine, Simon Cotty, who's a senior lecturer in criminology at the University of Kent, United Kingdom, entitled The Hypocrisy of America's Terror Debate. And he goes into a lot of detail about why 
this charge of terrorism has been brought. It certainly, as he says, for a lot of people, this enlarges the concept of terrorism far beyond its standard meaning of politically motivated violence. Are we right? Have we entered a world now where anything we don't like, any act of serious violence that's carried out against a population and which terrifies that population is an act of terrorism? I sincerely hope not. It gets worse. We are now in the midst of historical revisionism as well, at least here in Canada. I'm recording this on December the 6th. This is the anniversary of a horrendous, horrendous act of violence in, in, our, in our country when a man called Mark Lapine on this day back in 1989 went into the École Polytechnique in Montreal. It was an engineering school affiliated with the University of Montreal, and he massacred uh, a whole bunch of women. He murdered 14 of them and wounded 10 women in addition to four men in an act of incredibly horrendous misogynist violence. Now, he was never charged with terrorism. In fact, there was no terrorism offense in the Canadian Criminal Code back in 1989. But of late, when I've seen presentations from Public Safety Canada, which is the umbrella ministry which takes care of the security service, the law enforcement, signal intelligence, etc., they are now labeling this as an act of terrorism. 30, what, 32 years later? In other words, they're applying today's ill-applied definition of terrorism to an act that took place more than three decades ago. The reason why I'm harping on this, guys, is that we are entering, entering an era where terrorism has become all but meaningless. Essentially, it is now in the eye or the ear or the experience of the beholder to determine what is terrorism and what is not. And that is not useful. For the Michigan state prosecutor to say that because those students were terrorized, ergo it was an act of terrorism, it is a very slippery path. And you know what I feel about slippery slope arguments to label gang warfare as terrorism? to label organized crime as terrorism, to, 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 to call domestic assault, be they wife beatings or child abuse as terrorism. Are those people terrified? Absolutely. And is it the intention of wife beaters to terrorize their wives and children? Absolutely. Ergo, they're acts of terrorism in the eyes of the people who see this connection purely between being terrified and what the legal definition of terrorism is. This is taking down us a, ro a road which is not only going to be unhelpful, it's going to clog up the courts with all kinds of more sophisticated trials, whereby the Crown and or the prosecution, depending on where you are, we call it the Crown here in Canada, has to determine the underlying motivation. In other words, the fact that you have beaten or killed your wife or gunned down four students in cold blood in your schools, that's not going to be enough anymore. The prosecution can have to determine what was the underlying motivation for it. And was that motivation reliably described as political, ideological, or religious in nature? And the prosecution is going to fail on many of these occasions because a good defense lawyer is going to see right through this and say, what do you mean my, my client's a terrorist? He's not a terrorist. He's just a jerk who wanted to make a name for himself. Wanted It's sort of his 15 minutes of fame, if you will, like the Columbine shooters way back in the 1990s or Mark Lapine his fame or ill fame, whatever term you want to use. It gets worse. I have it from a reliable source that Public Safety Canada, again, going back to my turf, when they give briefings these days about terrorism, all they want to talk about is neo-Nazis. 
which I'm not sure they can use that term because it sounds prejudiced to me. If we can't say ism is terrorism, how can we use neo-Nazis? Anyhow, whatever they're calling it, uh, IMVE, ideologically motivated violent extremism, or PMVE, where the P stands for political, or RMVE, where it stands for religious, in a world where 99% of all terrorist attacks carried out anywhere on the globe on a daily basis are still Islamist extremists in nature, i.e. jihadis, i.e. Islamic State in its provinces, i.e. Al-Qaeda and affiliates, i.e. any number of groups that are active in Southeast Asia, in South Asia, in the Middle East, in Africa, in parts of Western Europe, all that Public Safety Canada wants to talk about is neo-Nazis. Now, I don't know what CSIS and the RCMP are finding in their investigations. Now, I don't have access to intelligence anymore. I'm, not, I'm no longer in operations. But I find it really hard to believe that the organization that I worked for is, as recently as April 2015, and in which 98% of all our investigations were Islamist extremism in nature, that six years later, there's none left. I'd love to live in a world where that happened. I happen to live in a more realistic world where it doesn't happen. So can we please stop misusing this word terrorism? School shootings are not generally acts of terrorism. There's no intent there to impose an ideology or a political belief system or to interpret one's religion that it's okay to gun down one's fellow students in the hallways in the classrooms. This is not terrorism. This is an act of serious violence and the perpetrator should face a long sentence in jail if, in fact, he is found guilty of the offense, and likely he will be. As for the parents' role in giving him a gun, I'm going to leave that one aside. This is it just gets wrapped up in Second Amendment rights, and I don't want to go down that road. But can we please, 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 please do this for me? It's my birthday coming up. I'll be away 61 in two weeks. Can you please pledge not to use the word terrorism ill-advisedly and use it for what it, it, it should be used for? Acts of violence that are done for ide clear ideological, political, or religious reasons. Not every act of violence. Anyhow, that's what I think. I'm curious where you stand on this whole sh school shootings as terrorism debate. You can leave me some feedback on email, borealisrisk at gmail.com, or on Twitter at borealisaves. You can also find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. If you like the content want to get more, go to the website, borealisthreatenedrisk.com. Hit the subscribe button. You can get all the, the material free to your inbox every day. You also find a link there to my newest book, The Peaceable Kingdom, A History of Terrorism in Canada from Confederation to the Present. Christmas is coming up. It'd be a great gift for someone stocking. It's only $35 Canadian. And you can find the book on Kindle as well. Love to hear your feedback on this and other issues, ideas for other podcasts. I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay safe.